Crack fans, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins for all you football fans. And now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out as well. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you're a fan of a lesser-heralded team. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions. I'm just speaking off the top of my head here. I don't know any Lions fans, but maybe you do, and maybe that hypothetical Lions fan has noticed the fact that Jared Goff seems to hit his passing yards number in every game these Detroit Lions have played thus far. What you're going to do, little same game parlay. You'll take the Detroit Lions as an underdog, as they so frequently seem to be. You'll take whichever of their skill position players. Maybe it's Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, the Jared Goff passing yards total. You're going to parlay them together, and it's going to make things even sweeter. In fact, you can throw down on step up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Here's how it works. You're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, that's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP-IN-ARIZONA, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-HOPE-NY in New York, OPGR.org in Oregon. Call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. Let's finish this week on a high note. Let's finish strong. We have built some momentum through our first four days of shows here this week. We're seven and three overall. Now only up 2.36 units for the week, but of course we've been conservative with our wager amounts and how could we not be every day? I've stressed this fact, but this might be my favorite week of pro tennis here in 2022. Every draw loaded at our four tour level events. Of course, the play we've seen each day has reflected that fact. And yet, through all the parody we've seen this week, through the runs of unexpected stars such as a Katie McNally and Alicia Parks in Ostrava, a Claire Lou in Monastir, a Sunwoo Kwan in Tokyo. I suppose there's no person like that in Astana, but that draw features a semifinal field Rublev versus Tsitsipas, Medvedev versus Djokovic. So, yeah, things pretty good in Kazakhstan this week through all of that Kazakhstan. Excuse me, it's going to bother me if I don't correct myself there. Through all of that, 7-3, and three, up 2.36 units. You know what? I'll take that and I will try to finish this week strong. And of course, it's going to be a fantastic championship weekend in the pro tennis world. If you can't get excited for all the play 
we're about to see. Certainly, you've got world number one Iga Sviantec still alive in Ostrava. You've got 2022 Wimbledon champ Elena Rabakina still alive in Ostrava. You've got a couple of players on seven-match win streaks. Krachikova, Alexandrova still alive in Ostrava. Of course, you've got Francis Tiafo, who has played as well as any player on the ATP Tour over the past four, six weeks. He's still alive in Tokyo. Denis Shapovalov has won, what, six of his last seven matches. He's still alive in Tokyo. And then I'm just going to say it one more time because this fact cannot be reiterated enough. Tsitsipas versus Rublev, Djokovic versus Medvedev. Those are your semifinals in Kazakhstan. It's Friday, October 7th. We're doing something right this week in the pro tennis world. And again, with that theme, seven and three up 2.36 units. Let's not only enjoy the action, let's put some money in our pockets and build a strong foundation for continued success throughout the rest of this 2022 home stretch. With that in mind, I've got two aces of the day for all of you as we look at Saturday's semifinal matches. Of course, as always, I do want to touch on all of the tour level action. Again, we've got the WTA 500 in Ostrava, WTA 250 in Tunisia. We've got two ATP 500s, one in Astana, the other, of course, in Tokyo. I want to spend at least 30 seconds, a minute, previewing every match, offering my thoughts, and preparing you all for, again, a jam-packed weekend of tennis. With that in mind, quick secondary shout-out. I know you already heard the ad read, but we've wanted to do this show for a long time, and now we're able to, due to the support from our friends at DraftKings. So if you're ready to get in the action, the DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to turn to. With that said... Let's get right to it. Here are my two aces of the day for Saturday. Let's start with a player who's done all sorts of winning here this season. Veronica Kudermatova is in the midst of a career year in 2022. And you look for the 25-year-old who entered the week ranked at a career high, number 12 in the WTA Live rankings. With her success here this week, Kudermatova continues her climb. Now, she's held to, at 12 in the live rankings, but far more pressingly, she now is in command of that race to the year-end championships in Fort Worth on the WTA side. Kudermatova passing Maria Sakari. She's in eighth place in the points race. She's got 2,606 points. That's now about, let's see, 63 plus 6 is 69 points ahead of Maria Sakari, about 240 points ahead of Belinda Bencich. 246 to be exact. That's a margin. That's, I don't want to say padding because obviously Sakari is still right on her trail, but she's got some room to work with, certainly does Kudermatova. She's in the pole position, and she's in that pole position on the basis of what has been, again, a career season for the 25-year-old. You look for Kudermatova, 37-18 and 18 overall this year. Now, there have been some funky withdrawals that make the numbers a little bit weird, but she's made 10 quarterfinals here this season, 7-3 and three in those quarterfinals final rounds. And that 10 quarterfinal number trails just two people. Own Shabur, who's made 12. Iga Sviantek, who's made 11. Kudermatova, she's made 10. That's the list of double-digit quarterfinals on the WTA Tour this season. And it doesn't matter that, you know, quarterfinals, you look for the big events for her. Dubai, she won her quarterfinal match there. I guess that's a big one. Indian Wells, she loses. Roland Garros, she loses. You know, um, 
I, I suppose those would be considered. I San Jose she won. San Jose is a pretty high level event, but in the biggest event, does Kudermatova have a signature run here this season? Maybe not. She's 0 and 3 in finals, losing in the. I would say the Dubai finals probably her signature run uh, from February of this year. Now, you know she's made six different semifinals. This is her seventh here in Monastir. She's one and three in those seven semifinals. Got withdrawals from Vandrusova, Osaka to start the year in Melbourne and Dubai. Is again one and three in the four semifinals. She's competing in, but is competing in a seventh semifinal this year, or at least is in a seventh semifinal. You look at the WTA stats leaderboard, who else has made seven semifinals this season? Sviantek's made nine, Hadad Maya's made seven, and now you've got Kudermatova, who's made seven. She's top three in quarterfinals and semifinals. If that doesn't drive home, she's having a career season. I don't know what will, of course. How has she had that career season? Well, it's based on the success of her serve. Kudermatova holding 77.3% of the time. Trails Garcia, Trails Samsonova, Trails Bencic, Trailed Naomi Osaka, but Osaka fell out of the top 50, so that doesn't count anymore. Fourth amongst top 50 players, Veronica Kudermatova, behind that first serve. She's winning a career high 68.7% first serve win percentage. She's also making that first serve more than she ever has in her career. 61.4% first serve win percentage. So not only is, again, is she winning more first serve points than ever before, she's making that first serve more than ever before. That is the foundation of that 77.3% hold percentage, which again is a top five number amongst WTA top 50 players this season. That first serve is a non-negotiable for Veronica Kudermatova, regardless of the opponent she's playing. That first serve, if not not the biggest weapon on the court. It's a weapon big enough that allows her to compete regardless of the level of her opponent. Of course, you look for Kudermatova career high, 38 victories this season. Excuse me, 37. I put the cart ahead of the horse. She's 37 and 18. I hope you'll forgive me for confusing those numbers. I was going to say 38 and 17, but 37 and 18, you know what that qualifies for. Two-thirds rule. She's winning more than two-thirds of her matches. And by the way, you heard the quarterfinal numbers. You heard the semi final numbers that makes sense she has made the quarterfinals in more than half of her events this season she has simply put been that consistent that excellent and so you look for Kudermatova that serve as the foundation of her success of course she's also breaking serve 32% of the time which is slightly above her career average albeit still three and a half percent below the average of a top 50 player on the WTA tour that said you look for Kudermatova that serve again the foundation of all of her success this week in Monastir where she's into the semifinals. She's yet to drop a set and in fact the most games she's dropped is seven total games so far through this event. A 3-4 and four win over Magdalena Frech in the round of 16. She follows that up with a 4-1 and one win over 20-year-old Diane Perry in the quarterfinals and finds herself cruising into again another semifinal here this season and you know yes she's 1-3 in semifinals but it's her seventh of the year definitely uh, the edge in terms of uh, in terms of just form this season, in terms of results this season, playing at this level in this moment. She's done it more frequently than her opponent tomorrow, Alize Cornet. And credit to Alize, who has yet to drop a set this week in Monastir as well. A tightly contested five and six, two and a half hour straight set victory for Cornet today. Cornet, 25 and 22 here in 2022. 
11-11 against top 50 players, 6-3 and three against the top 20, though, this season. That's a surprising number. Again, it was just an unexpected number while looking it up for Alizé Cornet here this year, and maybe that injects a little bit of doubt for you as you look at tomorrow's matchup. That said, I know Alizé Cornet's done, had some career firsts this year, obviously. First quarterfinal at a slam happened in Australia. She beats Iga Fiontech at Wimbledon as well. Semifinals in Cleveland. I watched her. She played excellent. It was just lights out in this, you know, and again, she's just physically clearly still at, if not near the peak of her prime. And, you know, that athleticism also not negotiable. Alize Cornet, regardless of the power of her opponent, is going to make an extra ball, is going to force you to put her away and force you to do something special to beat her. That said, I think Kudermatova does do enough special to beat her. I think that serve is the foundation of her success. I think her ability to play the plus one forehand and just, again, dictate on her terms how confidently she's hit that first strike, the fact that she has shown a renewed ability this year as a def- with her defensive skills, her improvisational ability. I just, you know, for Kudermatova, not only does she still have the non-negotiable serve, but the defense and the physicality have come along this season as well. And they're not quite equal to the serve, but... I think they are top 50 levels now. And with all due respect to Alice Cornet, who hits her spots extraordinarily well, spreads the court extraordinarily well, will again force Kudermatova to have to play well. I think Kudermatova has every advantage heading into this match. And you look for Kudermatova this season. She's 29 and 11 against opponents ranked outside the top 20. She's won eight of, uh, excuse me, seven of her last eight in those. Uh, uh, in that situation against opponents, again, ranked outside of the top 27 of her last eight have been victories. Her serve is that much more effective, of course. The first serve, second serve percentages both jump. And again, I think Cornet is going to give her a lot of plus one looks. I think Kudermatova is going to have to execute well. But my eyes tell me that Kudermatova is executing that well. And again, for what it's worth, 25 and 22, Alize Cornet this season. She's competing in a third semifinal on the year. Uh, it's been a good season for the 32-year-old who's just solidified herself in the top 40 is going to be sticking around moving forward. First career head-to-head between these two. Uh, that's actually a little bit surprising. You feel like they would have run into each other once upon a time. Kudermatova is 66.5% favorite according to the Tennis Abstract singles forecast. She's also pretty significant money line. Minus 250 favorite tomorrow against Cornet. Minus 250 is just a little bit too much juice. So instead, how about we look at the game spread? And for Kudermatova, again, who has yet to drop a set, four and three is her closest match of the week. And it was against someone in Frech who has just a little bit more drive, a little bit more pace on those ground strokes to disrupt the rhythm of Kudermatova. I don't think Alize Cornet is going to do that. I think Cornet played a really physical match today. Wouldn't surprise me if her legs are a little bit sore heading into uh, Sunday, uh, excuse me, Saturday semifinals. And of course, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you play consecutively on championship weekends on the ATP and WTA Tour. With that as the final additional bonus factor, uh, I think Kudermatova wins tomorrow. I think she wins in straight sets, and I think she does it pretty comfortably as well. So again, minus 250 money line. It's a little too hefty. It is right in the parlay zone, but let's take the minus three and a half games. Let's take Kudermatova to win by one break per set. 
maybe more. Uh, and we we see her cover that minus three and a half game spread, minus one twenty five tomorrow. Again, you cut the value of the money line in half, and all she has to do is win in straight sets with one break per set. That's the Kudermatova recipe. I'll take her half a unit tomorrow, minus one twenty five to win point four. That's ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two. Another player who's had so much success, in particular over the course of the last four six weeks on the ATP tour. Of course, I'm referring to Francis Tiafo, who reached his first Slam semifinal in New York, clinches Labor Cup for Team World a, a couple of weeks ago, and you know has looked really good so far this week in Tokyo. You look for Francis Tiafo victories over Kesmenovic, uh, over Zapata Morales, over Uchiyama, all in straight sets. He's played one set to a breaker, but outside of that, it's been pretty lopsided for Tiafo here this year, and you look for Tiafo again over the last what four weeks of play he's racked up 10 wins uh excuse yeah 10 wins 10 and 2 and his two losses are carlos alcaraz in five sets and novak Djokovic, who played unbelievable in that labor cup match 10 and 2 run pretty solid way for tiafo to end, end the season he's currently at a career high number 19 overall and again you look for francis here this year it's uh been really good 30 and 20 overall on the year. You look for him in particular on the hard courts this season, 19 and 11. He's winning 63% of his matches. He's holding serve over 83% of the time, which of course exceeds the top 50 average of 82%. And again, what does that mean? That Tiafo continues to improve uh, just foundationally. That first serve, which you know always flashed the potential to be a weapon. He just follows it up more efficiently than he ever did early in his career. He's Something's clicked in the forehand over the past two months as well. The racket speed, it's just where it needs to be in that forehand is just not the liability that it once was. So again, I think the 24-year-old Francis Tiafo is clearly playing the best tennis of his career is peaking to end this 2022 season. And, you know, you look for Tiafo tomorrow, the fourth seed, going to take on Sun Wukwan. And, you know, earlier this week on the mini break, I talked about how I think the soon-to-be 25-year-old Kwan is one of the more underrated players on the ATP Tour. Somehow, Sun Wukwan is ranked 120 in the world. Now, you can understand that based on his results this year, 23 and 28 has struggled at the Tour level. But watching Kwan this week, you know, his win over Demon Hour early in the event wins over Mackie, Pedro Martinez. Sunwoo's looked really, really good here in Tokyo. And, you know, 3-0 victory over Pedro Martinez where he went unbroken in the quarterfinals. Quan is peaking at the absolute right moment. And look, he's playing for significant stakes, trying to recrack that top 100, position himself to at the very least get into the main draw of Australia, be able to play ATP 250 events as opposed to maybe challengers to end this season, start next season. There's a lot to like about Quan. One of the weaknesses, though, Quan's inability to hold serve against top 50 and ATP-level opponents. You look for someone who Quan holds just 73.2% of the time in his career against top 50 opponents, 76.2% for this 2022 season. If you don't have a first serve that, at the very least, can disrupt the forehand of Tiafo, you're just starting behind the eight ball. And I do think Tiafo physically, he's, he's just too well-rounded, I think. Uh, phys- uh, you know, again, I think he's serving too well. And, you know, again, as good as, as rock-solid as Quan is at both wings... I just don't think he's going to be able to hurt Francis with the frequency he will need to. So I think Tiafa wins tomorrow. I think Tiafa wins pretty comfortably. Certainly our friends at DraftKings agree. He's gone from minus 250 to minus 280 over the course of the past few hours. And 
minus three and a half games. Uh, excuse me. You can get him minus three and a half games tomorrow at minus 110. That feels like a winner to me. So let's go with Francis Tiafo, the American, to reach a final in Tokyo. We'll take him minus three and a half games over Quan, minus 110. It's half a unit on that to win 0.45. And again, minus 280 money line, minus 110, minus three and a half games. All he has to do is win in straight sets, a break per set, hold his serve comfortably as he has through the duration of the past four to six weeks. I like Francis Tiafo to get the job done. Give me Tiafo minus three and a half games over Quan minus 110, half a unit to win 0.45. With that said, let's look at the board. The rest of our matches on semifinal Saturday, we've got some doozies. I have the over two and a half sets in all in seven of our eight, seven of our eight uh, matches on the day tomorrow. You look across the board. We'll start in Ostrava, Sviantek Alexandrova. I would lean Iga, minus 300, throw her in a parlay. That's right in the zone. But Alexandrova's won seven in a row and has played so well on the surface. The ball stays low. Iga pushed today by Katie McNally. Alexandrova can do a lot of things similarly, although I suppose doesn't move forward with the aggression that McNally does. So, you know, again, does baseline to baseline ever really overwhelm Iga Sviantek? Some scholars would argue no. Alexandrova 1-0 against Iga. It's a stay away for me. I want no part of that match. If anything, over two and a half sets, plus 150. Sounds like a winner to me. Krachikova, Rabakina. Power tennis. Krachikova's won seven in a row as well. She's serving, or maybe it's eight in a row. She's serving so well, moving so well. The ball stays so low here on this surface. She's just rock solid. So give me Krachikova. Uh, or excuse me, that said, Rabakina, her serve on this surface. I'm going to use this term again. You're going to hear it frequently now on this podcast. It's just a non-negotiable. Rabakina's going to hold serve. The question is, what do you do to try and break any of her rhythm? Um... I want a split set. Uh, you know, I'm expecting a split set match. I'm expecting a tightly contested. Maybe you take the over 22 and a half games minus 110, the over two and a half sets plus 120. I'm taking the over in Ostrava as we have all week because that's been my favorite event, regardless of the fact that three of our final four semifinalists uh, are unseated. That said, you look over in Monastir, had an upset top seed uh Owen Shaburn knocked out, excuse me, by Claire Lou. Lou going to take on Elisa Mertens, who has just been not good in her last two matches. Uh, three set wins in both of them over Papa McHale, and then today a win over Uchijama in three sets. But again, it was bad. The level was just was poor, turned into a bit of a push fest. Yeah, Mertens survived, but I don't feel confident in her. That said, it was a really physical three-set match for Claire Lou. I do wonder physically how she's going to hold up. Take the over, or I lean Lou, minus 105, but that match screams stay away. That said, that's your WTA action tomorrow on the ATP side. Tiafo Kwan in Tokyo. How about for Shapovalov? Shapo's won, what, six of seven, serving extraordinarily well, peaking at the exact wrong moment, but as he always seems to do at the end of the year, it's just like he likes to just remind everyone, don't quit on me yet. He gives you just enough to remain captivated, to remain intrigued. He's minus 130 tomorrow. I test he's playing way better than Fritz right now, but you know a lot of battles between those two over the years. Chapeau four and one career head to head, but it's a lot of tennis. What if tomorrow's the day his legs give out or whatever it may be? Maybe Fritz with a practice day here today, Nick Kyrgios retiring. Maybe that practice day coming off of COVID was exactly what Taylor Fritz actually needed. That matches a stay away or the over two and a half sets at plus 140 over 23 and a half games, which you might as well just take the over two and a half sets because if it's over 23 and a half games, it's probably going to 
going to be going over two and a half sets. And over two and a half sets is plus 140 odds over 23 and a half games, minus 110. That said, the main event tomorrow, all due respect to Ostrava, the main event tomorrow is in Astana, Kazakhstan. Djokovic, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Rublev, each have played 10 times. Tsitsipas, Rublev, 5-5 career head-to-head. Djokovic, Medvedev, 6-4 career head-to-head. If you're asking me by eye test, who's played the best? Well, here's the problem. Daniil Medvedev was unbelievable today. Unbelievable in his straight set victory over Roberto Bautista Gut. It's the best I've seen him play by far. And I apologize. You all may hear pickleball in the background. You may hear planes in the background. This is what happens when you record outdoors, folks. That said, trust me, I'm in a much better mindset, making for a much better podcast. That said... I mean, I'm staying away. I'm taking the overs in each of these matches. Plus 140 over two and a half sets. Plus 125 over two and a half sets. The over on games. I'm staying away. I'm kicking my feet up. I'm enjoying the tennis now. If you're asking me who I think is going to win, I think Rublev's playing better than Tsitsipas. I think on this surface, the slow, you know, high bouncing nature, it, just like Rublev's serve his forehand, much like Tsitsipas's are non-negotiable. So it comes down to who do you trust to make more returns? And dare I say right now, the answer to that question is Andre Rublev. I have no predictions for Djokovic Medvedev because I thought Djokovic was playing the best tennis I've seen in a while in his seven-match win streak. And then I watched Daniil Medvedev just systematically break down Roberto Bautista Agut today, work the serve and volley, hit his forehand better than he's hit it all year long. I'm not making a prediction because I don't want to lie. It's just going to be a really fun match and a very fun day of tennis. And again, we'll recap it all over on our mini break podcast feed. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Shout out to our friends at DraftKings. Remember to get in on the action. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook today. With that said, our GSP aces of the day for Saturday. Give me Kudermatova, minus three and a half games over Cornet, minus 125, half a unit to win 0.4 Tiafo minus three and a half games over Quan minus 110 half a unit to win 0.45 with that said for our super producer Daniel Westoff our friends at DraftKings and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network I'm your host Alex Gruskin you know what we say may the odds be ever in your favor good luck everyone <laughs>